You want to know who Fred Krueger was? He was a filthy child murderer who killed at least 20 kids in the neighborhood. Kids we all knew. Oh, Mom. It drove us crazy when we didn't know who it was. But it was even worse after they caught him. They put him away? Oh, the lawyers got fat and the judge got famous, but somebody forgot to sign the search warrant in the right place and Kruger was free just like that. What did you do, Mother? A bunch of us parents tracked him down after they let him out. We found him in an old abandoned boiler room where he used to take his kids. Go on. We took gasoline. Put it all around the place and made a trail of it out the door. Then lit the whole thing up and watched it burn. But he can't get you now. He's dead, honey, because mommy killed him. I even took his knives. And welcome to the year of fear. We're back, baby. We knocked out the first couple months and we're doing Nightmare on Elm Street. Good evening, Mike. How are you, sir? Good evening, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We uh, we knocked out, what is it, I guess, three of the big three slashers. We did Michael, did Jason, and did, now we're did doing... Candyman, did Candyman. Candyman, yeah. So yeah, now we're moving on to the, uh, to the next iteration in the 80s horror because this one came out 1984 when the other ones were more... Other than Candyman, obviously, yes. Michael, Michael, and Jason were late, you know, late seventies, early eighties, and this is the next progression. He was kind of like—I mean, I don't know if you agree or not. And I was thinking about this um, when you were playing the trailer. Do you think he's sort of like an amalgamation of like Jason and Michael? I mean, no, or I think like he's his totally own. I, I think Wes. This is coming from the mind of Wes Craven. Okay. It's his own. He, he is the boogeyman. I mean, he is literally. You know the boogeyman incarnate, the the one thing that you know all his kids growing up. You know, as kids, we I, I'm sure you had the same fear as I do. Something under the bed, something around you. Watching. Mine was the closet, yeah, clo- or the closet. Everybody had the closet <laughs> monster. You know, it, it, everybody had a different iteration. I think this was Wes Craven's take on that. Um, this was actually written just as he was for finishing production on a a night uh, 1982's uh, Swamp Thing movie. Um, so wow. this, yeah, this kind of had a little bit of a tie-in to it. Um, so. World, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> it, and he definitely wanted him to be, be different because you got to realize that the, the, the big three by that point in horror was Leatherface, Michael, and Jason. They all had masks. And yeah. he did not want Freddy to have a mask. He wanted him to be, like, quite literally raw, you know? And, I mean, that's what you're seeing. Well, he, he stood out. All he has is the ugly, the ugly Christmas sweater and the hat and the claws, and and he just burnt. That's it. But you could see him better. I always wondered about that. But him. 
Anyway, you don't want to hear us blab now. You want to hear us blab when we do the movie. So if you got it, it is the OG Nightmare on Elm Street. It is 1984. It's ready to rock and roll. And on Peacock, I believe. So three, two, one. Hey. Yeah, and this intro is just straight 80s. I mean, there's no, oh, yeah. there's no, no questioning when this thing came out. Oh, yeah. Come on, like right away. I mean the the cinematography the 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 credits of how it's just it almost looks like an after school special the way that you know when you look at the low budget that this was this was only one point one million budget yeah but you think at the time and then you look like what we just watched last week X that was also a one one million budget shows what you could do with minimal money man if you got a good story and a good idea what you can do. Again, a little cold opening to a uh, a horror flick, which I kind of liked. You're meeting the killer right away. Something about hallways. Hey, John Saxon's in it. John Saxon was in, um, I think he was in the last movie I did solo, which was a uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. He was in that one too. He's made the horror rounds. And introducing Mr. Johnny Depp. Blink and you'll miss him. No, he's not that quick. I know. <laughs> he's, <a> main, <laughs> he's one of the main cast. <laughs> now, uh, Char it's Charles Bernstein is doing the music. Not a stranger to horror movies. Um, he did Gator, 1976 Gator. He also did uh, Cujo. And then followed up to do this one. He also did uh, April Fool's Day as well. Oh, nice. So, yeah, he has uh, been around, been around television. But, yeah, I think his most, this one, I think, is probably his most famous piece. And the movie's all kind of set up already. We're already in a dream. You met Freddy, sort of. Man, you look how different this movie is as compared to like a normal slasher movie of this era. Like, it's no wonder it got the popularity that it still has. Well, again, I mean, you, you look at it, you know, the other ones that we had at the time were, you know, the big ones, you know, Jason and out in the woods, Michael in a suburb. This takes it all, all the way out. Into your dreams. Now, this was, he pitched this movie to several studios, um, but each one kind of rejected them for different reasons. 
the first studio to show real interest was, and surprisingly, was Walt Disney. They 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 were showing interest, but they wanted him to kind of tone it down, be a little bit more suitable to for like children and preteens, but still make it kind of scary. They wanted to use the P, the newer PG thirteen um, uh, rating that they had just kind of came out with. Mm. Uh, he didn't want to. Do, he declined that. Next one in line was Paramount. Um, and Paramount showed a little interest, but when they started looking at it, they had literally just released another movie with the same sort of feeling and vibe was Dreamscape. Gee, I was just thinking yep. it was a Dreamscape. Yep, yeah, because that came out before this. Yeah, that was a Will was another. That was a. That wasn't a great movie. <laughs> Depends when you look at the time and what it did. I mean, I thought it was a really, really well done movie. Yeah. And you, you, Den, Dennis Quaid, Kate, Kate Capshaw. I mean, really good. I mean, but you, then when you throw it against something like this, yeah, it's completely different. It's. Heather Van Camp, another scream queen. I think she's gonna. Is she gonna be a Megacon? I could be mistaken. No, no, she's not. No, there's uh, the only, the only, uh, the only horror-based thing I think is they've got going on is the Scream cast is gonna be there. And they got all the good cast. They got the OG cast. Well, they got a mixture. They've got some of the new and some of the old. So, so since they're kind of involved. Don't worry about the dreams. Hey, there he is. There's Edward Chisrands. How old is he? You're like 17? That'd be really young. Well, they all are. What am I talking? No, he's a... Um, nine, in, uh, in 83, he was 20. So... Probably 20, 19, 20 when they were filming. Close to the age he's playing, not you know, not a twenty eight year old trying to play a teenager. You know, and, uh, okay. yeah, the eighties and nineties love to do, try to oh, pull boy. that shit off on you. Like, come on, stop. Oh my god, I have one of those boom radios too. You're the coolest guy in the world. You had that. Those are antiques now. Sad. So uh, Amanda Weiss plays Tina. Fast Times Richmond High was probably um, she did that before this. She was also in Better Off Dead. Uh, I think she played uh, Sloane's uh, um, girlfriend. Mm. The one that the, the one that was like, or no, I think she played Sloane. I think it was was her name. Am I getting or am I crossing my? My movies. No, she played Beth, and it was Lane. It was. Remember, he had he had like uh, um, hangers with her oh, face on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. That, that was yeah. That was her. Yeah, that was her. Yeah, yep. It's wild. And she was also in uh, the Highlander series. If anybody listening was into that, I know Jeff and I have both you know huge fans of that series. Yeah. Love that series. She was one of the uh, investigators, I believe, in the in the uh, in the Watcher group. The telemask and the Watchers, dude, they like exactly the same thing. (laughs) 
love the way they use the music here too. Well, it's kind of like you're you're they're opening when you, when they're in the dream world. There's a certain soundtrack to it, and this is sort of like them crossing over. They're they're now sort of yeah like yeah like moment of of oh shit, this is happening in our dreams and yours. Yeah, it's like a like a ethereal sounding. Now Heather, before she did this, probably soap operas. No, she was in The Outsiders, but her scenes were deleted. But that was her first like on screen work, um, and then she was in Rumblefish, um, and then like this would be her first like big one because I mean she had this one. Then after this was uh, number three. I think she did like I think she was in number two, but I think it was like arc like just archive, archive footage, footage from this, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, and then I she was in she, she was in sleep. Shocker. We were talking about Shocker a couple Shocker. weeks ago. Yep. Oh yeah, she was in Shocker, and then of course, which I loved, the Wes Craven's uh, New Nightmare. I thought that was so cool that that taking it out and putting it into the real world. I thought it was kind yeah, of a, a fun it was twist. Very cool. I remember watching that movie, and I was alone in the theater, like all by myself, and like Boy. the middle of the day. And then all of a sudden, I just happened like halfway through. I I just happened to turn around. There was one guy sitting like. Four, four rows behind me. I'm like, what the? Where did you come from? Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's popcorn? There we go. I think Heather was only in three films, right? One, three, and then New Nightmare. I don't think she was in any yeah, more than that. Yeah, no, that's why I just went through her. Okay. That's why I was doing that. How many movies did they make of uh, Nightmare? Nightmare has. Oh, you're talking. The, I mean, which cycle you've got? I mean, you've you've got the the remake. I mean, if you want to add all of those in there, got nine total. Damn. Well, you figure up to the final nightmare, which is like the last of like those, and then you got then that's when you had the new nightmare was like ninety four. And then, like, you had almost a decade off, and then yeah, that's when we got Freddy and J Freddy versus Jason. Mm. And then the last one we had was 2010's New Nightmare. And nothing since from this franchise. Mm -hmm. No. It's kind of odd. You would think the, like, uh, whispers of a reboot would be out there reimagining. I things. think this is one of those times... Where you know people get typecast, and I think there's this is one of those times that's sort of the reverse. The the villain has to be has to be um, uh, Engelman because he's he's too perfect. He, he he implanted so much over like you know how everybody had issues with like Dare, uh, with a uh, Hellboy, like mm -hmm. you know Berlin's my Hellboy. I was like yeah, but you got to give David a chance, and David did it a really good job. Horrible. But I think it. on this one, as much as I dug the. Uh, the new nightmare and um and and uh, Jackie Haley I because I, I loved him at, loved him as Rorschach and I, I loved what he did though I think the imagery of him was so different and I, I just think they they kind of paused and they're like they they really got to let it like let, find somebody that's going to be on point with it but then when you also look at other mm -hmm. you look at other franchises that have tried to continue and they just don't do as well maybe it's you know maybe Paramount's just like or New lines like eh, maybe I maybe I won't <laughs> maybe we won't but let's hold on to what we've got we're we're good. Not just just strange. I mean, I I kind of excuse me. I kind of agree with you on that. That they uh, Robert England is kind of like bigger 
Yeah. Like Hitman's Freddy is just like sort of bigger than the franchise, which is kind of strange. You think the franchise could survive without him, but it can't. But you got to realize, like after like four, it became the Freddy movies. Like it wasn't just like the the, the nightmares and the and the kids going after him. He became tongue in cheek, and and it became yeah, he like, became like a like a fun, like a like a like an anti hero, an anti funny hero. Yeah, like, and that's and I, yeah, people. and I think that's kind of kind of hurt it in a way. But I like I said, I think. The, what the what Robert did it just made such an impact on the character. Finding somebody else's, no matter how good of an actor they are, and again, Jackie, I mean, really great actor. If the uh, movie's just, not called uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, it's it's a good movie. Yeah, but again, then people are going to call it a ripoff of Nightmare, and so and you can't win. Yeah, <laughs> can't win. But uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody out there has like a really cool take on it. You know, I mean, it's, they're not that difficult to do. They're, it's literally the story. I mean, you just—it's just whether the, it's whether the, the audience was ready to accept a different actor in that position, and I—I I don't think there is. And honestly, sometimes it's it listen. A lot, a lot of folks always are bitching, like, "Oh, nobody listens to the fans." I think they listen to the fans. The fans kind of lashed out and said, "Hey, we didn't like that. Stop," <laughs> and they did it. You know, we see it once in a while. Yeah, because they had like what, thirteen years since that movie came out. Of uh, two thousand ten, yeah, right? Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, so two, thirteen years. Yeah, so, so they, yeah, and there's like, there's no talk, no no rumblings, nothing, nothing that's, about. That's what I, say. I find it so strange that like, we we've heard about Friday the Thirteenth. They just finished Halloween. Hellraiser came back out. Hella, um, uh, Candyman. <laughs> yeah. Now the last talk looks like August uh, twenty fifteen. It was reported New Line Cinema. Was developing a second remake with um, Orphan writer David Leslie Johnson. Uh, Engelman expressed interest in returning to the series in a cameo role. Um, but later, uh, Le- Leslie Johnson, who was in the works, uh, put said it was out in limbo. And it kind of, honestly, what it was, it was the Conjuring universe kind of killed it, put a kibosh on it, because that became New Line's like horror focus. Maybe. Yeah. So I mean, again. And they're riding that conjuring train. So, yeah. I said, there's those there's those moments where like sometimes the fans t- talk and they hear, "Awesome, I love this this scene." This is really cool. Yeah. I like when he's the this kind of gave me like ball. this one truly gave me nightmares or not nightmares, but made me uncomfortable sleeping sometimes. It made you look in the back of the walls. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, when this came out, you know, we were just like entering on our like early teens 11 12 you know and i think so yeah yeah but yeah so yeah we were already past the nightmare phases you know of the little kids but this added like another level yeah, like, it's like okay, another layer yeah i don't have to look under the the bed or look into the closet anymore i'm like I'm, I'm a teenager now but now i gotta look at the wall and go is something gonna crawl out of that motherfucker yeah all right so <laughs> climb to the window toilet i don't know just trying to be safe I know. Mean, again, this is a this is an independent movie, and like a one million dollar, one point one million, great scene and great special effects were done. Yeah, he's more of a he's more creepier in this film. Like he's more of a villain, and then like you said in the later films, he just turns. Yeah, he, he slowly because he becomes like, oh, you're prime time, bitch. Yeah, yeah he kind of get like, yeah, you get these, like, goofy, you get the one liners from him a lot. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, that's uh, that's how he made his his career, dude. So. I can't hate it, but yeah. But again, that was an '80s thing. Everybody, yeah. everybody had to have a one-liner. You know, I mean, everybody was. We, we always joke about Arnold Schwarzenegger being like the king of the one-liners in action films. There's always one, one or two bad one-liners. Actually, if you if you watch uh, Commando, there's a series of bad. Oh one-liners. my god, that that whole movie's one-liner. <laughs> 
my friend's dead tired. <laughs> I was just thinking about the when he where, broke where'd his... he go? Oh, I let him. I let him go. Yeah, he, he had a flight to catch. I mean, just like I mean, I love Commando to death. You know, like, like the, the, especially the soundtrack with the overuse of steel drums. I like, gotta love it. That's freaky. And something they didn't do, or they sort of let stop doing so much. Freddy wasn't as gooey in later later uh, ones. If no, he kind of got dried up. Yeah, like if he, you notice here, he's a little. He's a goopy goop. A little, a little gooey in the, in the face, which you know. Yeah, he's a lot more gooey here. Uh-oh. Damn. Just the way they to go in and out of those shots with Freddy there, but he's not there. Yeah, this freaked me out. Yeah. Hey, look at a little supernatural style. That's frightening. She. Oh. Yeah, I think I'd be a little freaked out, too. Oh. Well, her boyfriend's played by, uh, who's it, Jesu Garcia? Mm-hmm. Or Jesus? Um, Jesus. He, uh, second movie he's done after this, did a uh, did a great 80s movie, and I absolutely love the movie, uh, Gotcha. You remember that one? It was like pre-paintball, but it was like this kind of sci-fi thing. Oh. Had, had uh, Anthony Edwards in it and Linda Florentino and... Uh, Ooh. Yeah, real. Yeah, look that Why up. Too. I, yeah, you'll you'll you'll, you'll 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 be like, oh, I know, gotcha. <laughs> but after yeah, after that, he also did Wildcats. Uh, played Sorello in Wildcats, Predator Two. Excuse right. me. Oh, okay. Remember Gotcha? Where it was like it was like the spy thriller, but it was like with like him and his college buddies were like like doing like this like spy thing with with paintballs or. And then he somehow got hooked up into an actual spy ring. Ring. Yeah, it was really, really like, cool. Yeah, okay. Now I, I recall that now. Yeah. That the young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to love that. I used to love that movie. It's one of those ones I, I keep trying to find. Uh, he was also in Candyman Day of the Dead, the one Candyman that you said you didn't know about. <laughs> still do. I still can't even find it. I actually got, I got Tubi the other day, and I was trying to search for it. It's not on there. Well, Tubi doesn't have everything. It's... 
So I got to keep looking. Uh-huh. That's probably the most terrifying attack. The first attack, very bloody. Oh, no, are you kidding me? Do you, oh, you got to remember the Johnny Depp, Depp one. Oh, that one is no, classic. Well, you're saying bloody. Yeah, that, that one's, oh. uh, yeah, no, that one's more bloody than. I did. Nope, I'm sleeping in study hall. Her mom is played by uh, Ronnie Blakely. She's uh, <laughs> got a pretty interesting career, not just in acting. Mm -hmm. um, music, uh, film obviously uh she, she was originally in a uh, 1975's nashville um and then did like different roles here i think like this would probably be her bigger role other than nashville uh she was in television she's a composer she like i said she's got a goodness how many she's probably got about like 15 albums out jeez yeah she she's a a, a well-rounded uh Performer, uh, like I said, American, you know, singer, songwriter, composer, producer, and director. She does a lot. Like I said, I think Robert Altman's the Nashville probably be her biggest one next to this. I'm looking at her now. Oh wow! Hey, yeah, of course. This is Token Goomba. Mm -hmm. Like your ass, that panda. Oh, wow. Hell of a career. Hmm. And the uh, John Saxon playing her dad. I mean, this this guy's had a like a ridiculously long, a great career when you look at like the things he's been in. Yeah. Like I said, I think the I think he was in uh, Jason Goes to Manhattan. <laughs> That's where I saw him last. Like literally, I think his back to back Saxon movies I've done. Now, he's been around since 1954. He's in A Star Was Born um, and just been, like, going nonstop, like, two to one, one to two movies a year. Wasn't he in Enter the Dragon? Is that the same guy? John Saxon? Yeah, I think I think he was, yeah. Okay. I always picture him older, but I know in that movie he was, like, a lot younger.
This guy looks like C. Thomas Howell, but it's, I know it's not him. He just has that C. Thomas Howell look. The Wish, the wish version? I th- yeah, it's it, it, like he literally is. But he's more like a jackass, C. Thomas Howell. Yeah, I don't think he was in Jason Takes Manhattan. I don't see that in, in his... You sure? I'm looking at his list here. I don't see. I know he was in From Dust Till Dawn as an FBI agent. Beverly Hill Cop 3... Yeah, the arrival. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see that on here. Maybe another actor like him. I mean, it's not like it's not like that. That hasn't happened before. Let's see, oh, that might be it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Peter Mark Rickman was was the guy. It wasn't this. Yeah. Okay, that would freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> See, those are the kind of high schools I went to. The old school, the long hallways. <laughs> Get out of here, home monitor. Now it's funny, it's like when like when Craven was, you know, getting a like interviewed about, you know, where where Freddie came from. Um, he said there were like three articles, small articles, from, you know, about men from like the Southeast Asia area where uh, who were like immigrants, families that had died in the middle of the night from nightmares. Uh, and the paper never like, mm-hmm. you know, correlated them to never say, hey, you know, we, we had another story like this. They just were like they were standalone and nobody ever mentioned, oh, hey, there was another guy, you know, down the one town over that did the same thing or anything like that. So it was kind of that. And then. <laughs> the 1970s pop song Dreamweaver by Gary Wright sort of, sort of yeah co- sort of sealed the story for Craven giving him that kind of that, that artistic setting to like jump into that story and you know be a dreamweaver basically and it also with the synth sound from that song helped a little bit cuz you'll hear you hear like the you hear like the little chimey synth sounds in the background sometimes yeah sometimes you get yeah. like Oh, no, 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 you know the song Dreamweaver, where it's got these really yeah. high-pitched kind of chimey mm-hmm. sounds. Well, you'll listen to this and you'll hear it. Hmm. It's gooey. Yeah, yeah, pussy and gooey right there. Yeah. Now, originally for Freddie, it was not Robert Engelman. It was actually David Warner. Um, if anybody, The Omen, Time Bandits, uh, Scream 2, hmm. Star Trek, Final Frontier, and Undiscovered Country. He was the uh, the Klingon Chancellor. Oh, oh, no, I, I can't see him. As I could see that. Well, with makeup, again, you look at Engelman without makeup, you wouldn't collate, but you with him with makeup? 
Yeah, I can, I can, it could it could have worked, but again, you always you, you think of what they did, not what they could have done. Mm. Yeah, when you think back of at them. That's whacked. Freaking serial killer gets you in your dreams even when you're awake. That's wild. Now, Landcamp was... She was in a list with a bunch of other ones, but the uh, the casting director, Annette Benson, she had auditioned her for the great another movie you and I always talked about wanting to do, uh, Night of the Comet. Um, she was also in the running for The Last Starfighter, and she had previously lost out to... Uh, Catherine uh, Mary Stewart on both of those occasions, uh, but Demi Moore, Courtney Cox, Tracy Gold, and Jennifer Grey all were kind of rumored to be looking at this, but because she had seen her, the casting director had seen her so much, and like she's like, yeah, we really need to get her into something. She's a scream queen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just goes to show you that the whole thing was real. And then you got that famous little nightmare theme in the background. See, uh, what we used to call those dirty hooker bruises when you would wake up in the morning after after a bad night and like, where did I get that bruise? I don't know. <laughs> dirty hooker bruise. Dirty hooker bruise is what we used to call those. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I don't know. I would. I got it. I don't know where it came from. Dirty hooker bruise. You did something dirty stupid. <laughs> I sometimes get bruises. Yep. And so I guess it's a dirty hooker bruise. Exactly. Oh boy. What was I doing? <laughs> now Heather hasn't I mean she's done stuff, but not like I said, nothing really like, like outstanding after this. I mean we had like I said Nightmare on Elm Street one, three, shocker. And a lot of those she was like second character or you know, it was like 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 a supporting cast and a lot of these other ones. Yeah, this this is pretty much it for her. It's like leading roles. She was in Star Trek Into Darkness. I did not know that. I did. She what was. Did she uh, she, yeah, she was Moto. It was a little. It was a little cameo. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, like I said, she's had some uh, Hellraiser, Judgment Day. She's been in a bunch of movies, but just because like once you get something like this, that really like cements it. You kind of just stuck. But, yeah, she's. I mean, she's still acting. She's a. Uh, 2021, she was in My Little Pony, A New Generation, voicing over. Oh, and then, and then she was in uh, 2022's Glitch. So, Glitch. Yeah. But she had a, like a, some some little spots for television as well. Like cameos or just... Yeah, like well, a... she was in American Horror Story Freak Show. Uh, she was in um, that's, uh, Jag. She was in Midnight Club. She's been in, like, like I said, it's just not that she hasn't done anything. She's just... This was her big one. It's always tough for like a young actress and like to just get that first role and that first role is like you're fucking it's like your ballpark. It's so hard to live up to it and and then you're like you're you're expected to live up to it and then trying to find the right roles and then again like especially with movies like this, the horror genre they get typecast so hard. It's it's not even funny. Hard for them to break out of it. Yeah. And 
Well, it's like with Eng- like Engelman. He he at least or Englund, he, he at least had a really good career beforehand. You know, everybody's like, oh, it's 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 him from Nightmare, but he he was been he'd been around in a while, been in a lot of things, and you know, afterwards he didn't get just typecast there. Like you look at his movie career afterwards, did really good, but yeah, he was in. Like in the in like television, he was in soap. He was in Charlie's Angels. He kind of did that that seventies eighties kind of run through all of those. Mm. Um, I think for me personally, maybe for you, my uh, the only other role that really like sticks out hard is V when he played uh, the, the alien Willie. Oh yeah, the the vegan alien. Yeah, right? yeah. So I mean, that, yeah. And this was right right before this. Like V came out eighty three, um, and then you had uh, the final battle in the the series were eighty four and eighty five. And so, I mean, this is kind of like in that 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 time that he just sort of like got hit, you know, with with doing a lot a lot of stuff. But then he continued afterwards. You know, he did cameos in in Knight Rider and in, in like uh, DC Follies and uh, Freddy's Nightmare. I think that was the television series that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So he was he was in that too. But yeah, he. He's kept busy. I think when I saw him recently, he was on Stranger Things. That's the last time I saw him. He played like the uh Yep, Stranger Things. He's, yeah. he's, he even re he even redid uh Freddy and the Goldbergs in, in a in an episode. But really really big on uh, voice acting. Um he's done like Hulk and the Agents of Smash. He's been on Green Lantern. Uh, he was a uh, Supernatural. Playing a Dr. Robert. Yep, that was season six. He was the doctor in the butcher shop. And he was uh he let Dean go down into to die so he can talk to death or something. Well, who else would you trust to help you go down and fall asleep and go talk to death? <laughs> he was in the Batman. He was the Riddler's voice in the uh, animated series. He was uh, Felix Faust. And the Justice League animated series. Felix Faust. I said he's a. Oh, he's transitioned over. Yeah. Well, he's in both. He's, he's kind of bounced back from from voice acting to. I'm sure he's got stuff in the pipe too, right? I mean, did you go to his page? Anything upcoming? Uh, it's just something this year, but I think it's voice acting. Uh, King Star King. It's a animated uh, adult series. It's a web series. So. So he's just doing more animated yeah. stuff. Then. I mean, dude, hey, if you if you can do voice acting at an older age, that's much easier than having to sit down in a fucking a chair for fucking five hours and getting crap yes. put on your face. I mean, if it, if anybody's interested in hearing about it, like, go check out um, uh, what is it? Um, not Lower Decks, but uh, the uh, the Ready Room with uh, mm-hmm. Will Wheaton, and when he talks to Michael Dorn about reapplying the the mat the makeup for Worf. You know, he's like, yes, he's like, it's it's so different now than what we did back then, but it's still a couple I'm... of hours of sitting down doing this. Go in there, Johnny.
Yeah, so for Johnny, yeah, this was his first film role. Um, and what's after this for John? Wait, this is this is Nightmare. I th- what is ooh, Twenty One Jump Street, right? No, no, no. Your eighty four eighty four Nightmare. He had after this movie wise, he had a Private Resort. He was in Platoon after this, and then Cry Baby. Um, Twenty One Jump Street didn't come until eighty seven. So he's got a he's in, he's in a Lady Blue, a show called Blue uh, Slow Burn. Um, or that was a television film. But yeah, so yeah, he didn't jump into Jump Street, no pun intended, until 87. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, so movie-wise, yeah, so from 84, he had Nightmare, he had Private uh, Private Resort, which I, if I'm, Private Resort, I gotta look at the, I remember, okay. Private, I remember Private Resort. It, it was one of those beach teen college funny movies. You get, you, oh, like you had a million of them. Yeah, no, 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 well, no, this is like, like where the boys are kind of thing in the eighties or mid eighties, they had all these sort of like revivals of like sort of the beach vibe, you know, a bunch of college girls go to the spring break and just, they had like 50 of those movies out, but yeah, he was in that. And then platoon before, even, even before jump street, he was in platoon. So then jump street, I think, I think he was a one and done in jump street. Was it? No, no God, no, he was in for goodness. 80 episodes? So, yeah. so almost two seasons, maybe? No, that's more than that. It's about three seasons because the show only ran from 1987 to 1990. Okay. So, yeah, no, it was, he was in all of it. I think you're thinking of, oh, what's the, uh, what's the other one that, that showed up and sort of like had a minor career afterwards? Yeah, he was. A, he, oh, that's, that's what I'm thinking of. I didn't. Th- I didn't know that Johnny had stayed the entire yeah, time. Richard Greco, oh. I think, is who you're but thinking of. Him. Yeah, Greco was yeah. like a, a recurring for like a, two seasons. And I was like, these guys are cops. Come on, now, you could tell right away. Well, that was the whole point. They were supposed to be kids, you know. But of course, yeah, nobody has to question where Johnny's been. Johnny has been every fucking where. Yeah. Although, although when you look at his filmography, it's not, I mean, it's a big, don't get me wrong. It's, it's quite a bit in there. But when you look at somebody that's th- that like him, that's been around as long as he has. And as like, when I think of him in movies, I think he's in like ev- almost everything. It's not a, as big of a list as I thought. No. Well, you got to realize, I mean, for the, like for the bulk of the 21 Jump Street's time, he didn't do anything. That was all 21 Jump Street. No mo- no movies. Like, he, Platoon was his last movie in 86. He didn't do another movie until 1990, which was Cry Baby and uh, Edward Scissorhands, same year. Yeah, that's when he started to yeah. um, kind of do his own thing. And, um... Oh, no, it's just when he stopped the, the show. But yeah, that's that. Those were his first movies. Like there was, you know, there was a you know, good four-year gap, and then the four-year gap was well, Twenty One Jump Street. So yeah, he did Cry Baby, Edward Scissorhands, Freddy's Dead, The New Nightmare. As the uh, he did a cameo as a guy on TV. He is he was credited as uh, Oprah Noodle Mantra. Lovely name. Yeah. Uh, then of course you know after that after Nightmare that's when he started getting into more like the different movies he did Arizona Dream, Benny and June, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Ed Wood. That's when he. That's when he. That's when he started. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that was coming into his own. Yeah, those are some good yeah. movies. Don Juan DeMarco. I mean, just that like that that early '90s time are just so so many great movies. He was plugging around, and then um, 
And Pirates was uh 2001, I think, right? Or is that 99? Uh, Black Pearl was uh, no 2003. Okay. That's when he sort of hit like a, a different. Yeah, no, uh, 2001, uh, Blow and From Hell were the uh, nothing. Two good movies. Two great movies. Again, you look yeah. at the you look at the career the years before that. You had Chocolat. You had Before Night Falls. The Man Who Cried. Um, the Headless Horseman. That was uh, that was 99. That was and that's there. You had Ninth Gate, An Astronaut's Wife, it's and Sleepy Hollow. I mean, yeah, and Ninth, ninth, ninth Gate, Ninth right. Gate, and Sleepy Hollow are just like yeah. Uh, Bros Brasco was 97. So yeah, they, they, he he was just turning out. Good stuff up there. Good stuff. Yeah, it wasn't long after that. You know, he, after he came on, he he became a he became the Burton boy. Yep. I was shocked I didn't see him in that Wednesday series. Oh, actually, no, I couldn't. He was going through his shit, so. To wake up. Yeah, well, his mask did kind of like dry up in the in the next couple of movies. Yes, yeah, he, he wasn't. Yeah, he he's wasn't as, very. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't as gooey. That's that's how that's how you do it. You kill that pillow. Yeah, if I had nightmares like that, I'd be freaking out too. Oh, and just so you know, Wednesday, the only thing mm. that had anything to do with Tim Burton is he only directed four of those films or four of the episodes. Did he, did he exactly produce no, it? No, he, yeah, he was, was created by uh, Alfred Goh and uh, uh, Miles Miller were, were series creators. And he directed four episodes. Yeah, so everybody's like, oh, it's Burton, Burton. It's not really Burton. Like, Burton gets strapped with a lot of things that aren't really his. It just has a Burton-esque feel to it because it's just darker tones. And anytime something dark comes out that might be in that sort of genre of his, it, everybody just straps it with him. When they were doing the uh, premiere of Wednesday, I, I, you you would see him a lot. So I did, I thought he created yeah, yeah. the show. Yeah, no. they, they, they didn't show, like, the creators. They just showed yeah. him all the time. Like, Again, oh. because everybody, like, latches on. Oh, it's got that vibe. It's got that feel. Must be him. And uh, yeah, now you look at it, it's it, uh, written by uh, Millar, uh, Kayla, April. Yeah, was, he didn't do any of the writing. He directed four episodes. Okay, he threw in, he was an executive producer, but so were uh, six other people. Okay. So, I mean, no, more than that. Oh, my God. Like 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, so there were like twelve executive producers. So people want to get paid. Yeah, he was probably the producer because of his connection with like the Adams family. So that's mm -hmm. probably the main reason why. Also, it's just like you know the Nightmare Before Christmas. Everybody, it's Tim Burton. Tim Burton didn't do anything there. He didn't direct it. 
He didn't isn't, write it. <laughs> isn't it called Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas? It Christ is. Christ? That's what, because he That's was so the strange. he produced it, but he didn't really do the directing or the. I mean, you. As I say, there's a lot of things he his name can get it gets attached with, and it's very weird. Like I said, I understand it's it's the look, it's the design of the world that you know he that that people are kind of borrowing. Oh, death by blanket. Turns either the crack. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, we know he's dead. God, I love this soundtrack so much. So it's funny, Amanda Weiss so it says she was handing out candy at her mom's house on Halloween following the release of the film. And she's like, she was so surprised of how many trick-or-treaters were dressed up as Freddy. She like, she, just because of just, you know, the impact it made. Well, every Halloween you'll see them. Well, now, yes, after the series, but we're talking after the first film. We're not, you know, we're talking like an infancy. Oh. Like so I just said, right after the first film came out, she's like passing out candy and there are Freddy coming by. And that was fast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It shows you how quick of an impact it made. And to this day, still does. Uh-oh. I swear the mom. That's why I had to look up the mom's career because she like she looks so familiar. Like I've seen her in other things, but I couldn't. I didn't find anything. And by the way, um, Elm Street is never mentioned in the movie. Not once. Any other films? Oh, I'm sure. Mentioned? I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think in the second one they they make reference to the murders on Elm Street. Elm Street. Yeah, I think later. But yeah, in this first film, it's never it's never really mentioned. Never even shown. Like I think in the future films, they actually show like the the Elm Street plate. Yeah. Elm Street. That's a uh, Wes Craven's uh, wife, by the way. Um, with the it? nurse that's in there. Mm-hmm. That's a yes, yeah, Mimi Craven. Because this is, I think, this is the scene where her hair turns gray. 
dude. I just saw her. Oh, okay. There she is. Yeah. And you, do you know who the doctor is? You recognize the doctor at all? Oh, I was going to say he looked like Lou Ferrigno, but it's not him. No, <laughs> no. You probably recognize him more from the voice. You won't, you won't hear his voice there. But that, that's, that's, that's the voice of Roger Rabbit. That guy? Yeah, that was the voice of Roger Rabbit. Yep. Charles, uh, Charles Fleischer. Roger Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. No, I cannot unsee this. <laughs> yeah, he did Roger Rabbit, Benny the Cab, Greasy, uh, Psycho. Uh, he's in voice acting for tons of stuff as well, but uh, also, you know, acting. If anybody's been watching the Chippendales, uh, the new Rescue Rangers, uh, he's uh, he's Roger Rabbit. Or, he's Roger Rabbit in that, Chipmunks. Also, also, good movie. That Chippendale movie, so fun. Yeah, look at all this stuff. He was in. Uh, he was also in Demon Knight. What did he play in Demon Knight? Oh, uh, was Wally he? Wally uh, Enfield is who he is. He was in My Girl too. For if anybody you know, you know wants to torture themselves, My Girl too. Yeah, he's Demon Knight. That's uh, is that Billy Zane? Yeah, yeah, that was the uh, the the crazy the standalone uh, Tales from the Crypt thing they were trying to do. Actually, I liked that movie. I was a little strange, but I was a, I was a Billy Zane fan. I mean, I, yeah, I, really I like Billy did. Zane in that movie where he's like the demon. He's he just like he was nuts. like all the only reason I almost wa- watched Titanic, and then I I just couldn't. You just couldn't. No, I just can't do it. And yes, guys, I am one of those last remaining that has never seen it. You know what that means? No, that's not mean. <laughs> Save it, Roger. I recognize him because I see, I saw a lot of like the back behind the uh, behind the scenes of Roger Rabbit. He was on set dressed as Roger. For some of the scenes, so he could be there, and they could have have like a, a communication back and forth. Oh, look at that! There's the gray hair. Oh, I just woke up back though. Yeah, man. Obviously from the dream. Anti-believer now. Yeah, so the original concept that Wes wanted was a that Freddy was a child molester, and he could he just he's like I guess I guess something was going on in California at the time, and he, they didn't want to sort of like glamorize it in a way, so they he changed it to a child murderer instead. But I always thought that's what it was. 
That's what I thought too. I, I thought, think it, I think it might be one of those. What do they call it? The uh... yeah, because I've I've they've heard it in the films before. They've sort of pseudo mentioned it. Well, I that. think they just hinted at it and didn't. But again, he's talking that this movie, it may have morphed later down the road. You know. No, you don't see it here, but later films you yeah. do. Yeah, like the Tabor, the, the Tater Tater Tots. I'm thinking of food. Hey, Tater. Tater Tots. What is that thing that, that, forget it, some kind of thing they use in the playground? Teeter-tot. Teeter-totters? Teeter-totters, yeah. When they're sitting there, like, there's, like, kids around there and so. Yeah, Mandela effect. That's what I was trying to think of. Maybe it might be a Mandela effect that we all just thought about, you know, of that. Mm. In this movie, the parents are sort of the bad guys. <laughs> and a couple of the movies, they are. They just don't listen. I mean, I think I think even during the third one, there was like, what? What are you talking about? It just they're so ignorant, stupid. Well, again, that was the in most of these movies that I mean, the parents were that. You know, what you in, in, in pretty much any eighties movie that I can think of. The parents always were portrayed as not getting it, and you know it's they're, they're just oblivious to things going yeah, on. Yeah, like oh, you're wrong. Okay. Well. I keep thinking of the uh, the grandparents in Weird Science when they're locked in the closet. They're just like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You. Where did they film this? Is this Cal is, is California? I believe it was filmed in California. Yeah, in and around Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, it's filmed in the same high school, John Marshall High School, where like Grease, Pretty and Pretty and Pink were filmed at. Ah, okay. And the um, the actual street she lives on is actually North Green or North Guinness Avenue in in L.A. Not Elm Street, which would have been funny if they found a found a house that was had that <laughs> nightmare in Guinness Ave. Oh, look at you. You just figured it out. Did you get that off wish too? Yeah, because you're a moron. You didn't listen. I think in part two they start doing these shots where they they go from like the real world into like the dream world, 
Yeah, I think like right when they like step into like yeah. the house, yeah, they do it. Yeah, because it's I, I was thinking it's like, like it didn't happen there, but I think it's one of the movies like later on, and you just like, and all of a sudden it's, you're in there. That's your mom. Oh, here we go. And again, they flush out this story throughout the whole series. They sort of add things to it, and but they keep the general idea of what she's saying of his origin. On that's pretty much well, this part of this because there's not much more of an origin here. They like in the other ones, like I think in they, number four and five, that's where they delve into like his father, his dad. Well, like, it depends on which one you go with. He was, you know, his mother, he was, his mother was a, a nun who got trapped in an insane asylum, got raped all weekend or all night or something. Yeah. There's so many, I think there's like two or three like origin stories, but the main constant was always that he killed children and the, and the parents went after him. Yeah. Now, the famous song that's in here, you know, the one, two, Buckle My Shoe, mm -hmm. that was actually done by the Bernstein, the uh, the, the the composer, but he mm -hmm. didn't have a melody for it. He had the words, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. He had that. He's like, he, he knew he wanted to use it. It was actually uh, Heather's boyfriend at the time, who eventually became her husband, put the melody to it. And so he gave him the credit, like he, he kind of helped out a little bit. He was actually a musician himself. Uh, his name is Alan Pasquay. Um, probably his best known band was Giant. I don't know if you remember Giant. Oh, that's an old, I remember oh, yeah, Giant. Was an eight, yeah, 80s band, Giant. And he played, he played, I think, a couple little bit with Starship. But he, that was what he, uh, he contributed. It was like the, the words were there. Like the, the composer like had the words. He's like, I want this in it somewhere. But he couldn't that melody that that you know, the, 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 that nursery rhyme melody. What he didn't have it. It was it was Peckman that uh put it together. Yes, the eighties and the fucking uh, half shirts. Yeah, I think never. Thank God that's a fashion that's never come back. Yeah, thank yeah. Please, I, we've I got think... we've gotten some some repeats from eighties styles, and that didn't that's one of them that does not need to come back. <laughs> that, that could stay away. <laughs> We got, we got the mom pants coming back now, so yeah. Like, there was yeah. a at the Winchester last night. There was a there was a young girl. She came walking, and I was like, "Oh, she's kind of cute." And then I was like, "On the mom pants." I'm like, "Nope." Yeah, don't, don't that just automatically. I don't care. I don't care how cute you are, but those mom pants yeah. just turn me off because they remind me of well, something my mom would wear. <laughs> mom pants. They are. I, th I think they're a. I, I think they're a direct reactionary fashion 
Like, like it's a fashion reaction to the low crops, like the the, the, the waist hugger kind of pants that yeah that yeah. were really low. I think those are like like a fashion like reaction to oh my god we went too low we let we got to go high. <laughs> let's yeah, go, let's, let's let's start at the let's, top let's again. Let's go back to parachutes and <laughs> so, granny. Yeah. So 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 twenty years from now it'll slowly go back down to the low cuts again. <laughs> and then they'll bring back the man crops back like this. It's terrible. I lifted all that shit. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's one of those like fashions. Like, there's some fashions. I'm like, okay, I know that's old. I can kind of, I can kind of get into that. But yeah, that's just that yeah, one. That, that one I can't, I can't go past. I saw something a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if it's it's still going on. Like, the guys wearing man pre's. You seen those? No, what are man pre's? Sorry, that one. I that no. You know how girls wear capri pants? Yeah, they wear capri pants. They're they're almost like almost parachutey. Like they could just go around to their ankles or something. You could tie them up. Well, it's like girl pants, and I and they they had these man pre's, and guys are wearing them. I'm like, oh, cool. they look like cargo shorts, just very yeah, long, just longer cargo shorts. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> they look like cargo, like they look like <laughs> like somebody put on their dad's fucking cargo yeah. shorts. Yeah, <laughs> they they come up like they 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 go to like the mid shin. It just it just yeah. doesn't look right. <laughs> it's like no. Like, what do they call them? A uh, um, what what uh, a waiters kind of like how they? Oh, the wait the yeah. waiter. Yeah, yeah that's okay, almost what yeah. they look. Oh yeah, no, like, yeah. I'm glad those didn't come to man pre pants. Oh my goodness, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't see them. Like they were around for a couple. Oh, no, I did not see that. Yeah, no, I mean I've seen like where they'll like a, like some guys will wear um like low cut or like really low or lo long um. Like basketball shorts, those I've seen. But those, but yeah, when it's cargo pants, like basically, like you say, you have compre pants. Thanks, Flo. I remember a TV like that. Those little portable ones, black and white. Don't trust her. Oh, she already drugged her. You know, I kept watching that X scene again today. Still can't get over it. And I don't get fooled pretty. I don't get fooled a lot, but that one got to me. How oh, industrious, keeping a coffee maker in your room. Not a bad idea. Oh, she's suiting up like John Wick. Here we go. I love the idea. Was, was, uh, Heather uh, made a comment here. She's like, she agrees that like Nightmare is a feminist movie because you know, you, again, horror female hero. But mm. she says she she looks at it more of a youth power film than from the from a feminist side. 
which I can kind of see that as well because it is. It's about the kids. Again, you know, the oblivious parents not knowing what the hell is going on and the kids have to step up and you clean know, up the parents' mistakes. Yeah, yeah clean I up the parents. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, that's kind of a different take. Yeah, I mean, it's any horror movie now to really is, is a feminist movie. I, I, that's one thing I always found so fascinating about the horror well, genre. Most of Wes's movies have like female empowerment stuff. So it's well, like most that. horror. You really look at the bulk of horror. It is actually if yeah, if you think because I can't think of a male hero in a horror. There's film. a few here and there. I mean, there's probably more female like heroes than male. Um, I mean, it was, depending on the Friday the Thirteenth movie, you might have a female lead or you might have a male lead when it come out on the end. I mean, you have a male lead like the uh, Evil Dead franchise, like Bruce's uh, guy is right. Ash, right? He's sort yeah. of like... But then he's like the complete other antith- you know, antithesis of it, that he is like, he is he is a pig. He is a chauvinistic, like he's like the other side of the opposite side of the feminist movies. He, <laughs> he is. Give me some sugar, baby. I mean, that is straight up. <laughs> he is a, a chauvinistic, yo, pig. And you're you're reading uh you're, you're getting into uh, Dresden and I and for me I had a little time getting into it uh, or mm-hmm. not getting in it into it but accepting the fact that Dresden is a pig, he is so anti-feminist like there's certain things and he even addresses it with himself. He's like I know I'm this way and I I, I, I apologize but this is just how I was raised and you know he tra- he does he, he but at the same time in those books mm-hmm. his female cat his female partners are fucking badasses. Like once you get into there, the, the, the uh, I don't know how far you've gotten in, but uh, his uh, the the police the police uh, detective that he works with a lot, she is a fucking hard ass. <laughs> no, I haven't gone to her yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm still in the intro phase. But yeah, no, like I said, yeah, but but I think yeah for the yeah for the most part, yeah, I, yeah most of the horror movies are really more feminist. Yeah, movies. I was I was just like I was trying to backtrack and think of someone, but I I I, I can't <laughs> like not a male. Well, I mean, you think any, I mean, obviously you throw in the, the, the main ones, you know, you throw in your Halloweens, you throw in your aliens. Obviously you have these. But even as you go on, you look at like even the Dream Warriors one that you've already done. If anybody's interested, Je- Jeff's already done Dream Warriors, by the way. Was it you and your brother or did you, uh, who was it? I don't remember. I, I might have been me and Brian. Okay, maybe to... you and Brian. But yeah, so, you know, if you guys look at that, that one's full on fucking youth power. Because you have a team you know, of of teenagers basically going against this guy. Yeah, it's like the Avengers of uh, the Nightmare movies. All these. I'd call them the original uh, Justice League Dark. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, she's a police fan. Good on you. <laughs> I love this scene right here. That's so freaky. <laughs> I mean, it looks cheesy with like the special it does effects, look but cheesy, the, the concept. But come of on, it. <laughs> he's such a horn dog. So again, when you look at the movie, he took away the child molestations, but he left certain things in there that made you feel that way. You know, the licking of the face, um, her in the bathtub. You know. Where, where where did the glove come up from in between early? There was a lot of like hints to it, but he had to take it out. 
He's passed out. Now we got the one of the most famous kills in by yeah, horror. This one, yeah. Any you go to any horror list of bloodiest kills or most of this one does it. And then the fact it's Johnny that adds even more to it. Yep. And then like this, the friggin' the blood just flew. Mm-hmm. That's why I say when you're like, oh, that other one's really bloody. I go, no, <laughs> let's not forget about this one. Just wild. Again, just like great special effects, simplistic special effects. And the screams is horrific. I mean, just the way he went and sucked into the bed. Mm Damn. He gets more creative with his kills than in the future movies, but like this one and the first one are like. Well, I think the budget increased as well. I mean, you got to realize, I mean, some of these kills are like basic things. I mean, they, they made a room upside down and dropped, you know, you know, blood out of the, out of that, you know, out of the root of the, out of the ceiling. And so, I mean, like real classic, like basic special effects, but they, they worked. But I think, but I think the escalation is not just the budget, but also the escalation is Freddie's personality. Like yeah. here, we really haven't gotten much, you get little hints of what's well, to come. We haven't gotten quip. We haven't gotten like back and forth talks with him and her, really, or the kids. He no. just attacks them. I mean, uh, at the beginning, I think a little bit with um, with what's her face, uh, uh, the, uh, the the first one, um, uh, Tina. Tina. I think, there, yeah. I think there was more a little bit there, but like between him and Nancy so far, there's a couple of little sayings, but nothing like like what he gets into later. Yeah, he's not full on cheese yet. That, yeah. That's yeah. But when he gets there, it's fun. Mm. It's just like, get ready for prime time, bitch. Yeah. Some, of the, <laughs> some, like, some great one-liners, yeah. But again, when you think of like horror, there were no other horror villains that, that talked. No. no like, he, Michael, he, he, Jason. Yeah, this one was like a heel talker. Yeah. He's a trash talker. That's all yeah. he is. Yeah, you think, you think in the 80s, other than maybe Chucky, as far as like villains, horror villains that were like chat, Get chatty with with their you know, with their praise. Uh, I know I know um, you know Candyman will will uh, you know wax poetically to them a little bit, but that's not like like, like talking. 
No, yeah, they, they're like Chucky and Freddy are like two two heels, man. Just spewing that trash talk. Yeah. Look at that. Become a survivalist and everything. No, she picked up that book from Wish, so yeah. <laughs> That's it. I give Nancy credit. She's very industrious. Fucking Kevin McAllister can learn some. I know. There. Look at this, man. Like she's like in like. She's ready for the wet bandits. I'll take care of him. And, and the future movies too, like in this one, he's he's in it, of course, but he's more in it as the movies go along. I think what you were saying was right, is that like it's more Freddy going forward than it is like, you know, they could have just called it the Freddy show. <laughs> She got a bottle of vodka there. Should be all right. Way to go, moms. You know, Johnny was her boyfriend, and doesn't you know? What doesn't seem to mourn him too much? He just died. Dude, she's on lack of sleep right now. I don't think she's thinking. So, uh, I guess. <laughs> You go fight in that dream. You know, I'm surprised this movie isn't enjoyed more by like millennials and the Gen Zers because of how much they hate the boomers. Like mm. her parents are boomers. That they are in that generation. She's she's a she's a Gen Xer, you know, as far as like her age group goes. She's on the older side of the Gen Xers. You know, we're we're more the middle ground, but mm. but yeah, that whole like that that side of it that that of them getting like everything they wanted and then just ignoring them the the, the 
them living their lives and, you know, drugged up or drunk or just not around, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it shows that, you know, and that's why, yeah, I, I, even now more though, I'm keep looking at this. Yeah. I definitely see it as a, a youth, a youth movie, a youth power movie than, than that. Oh yeah. More now. So damn boomers. Freaking bastards. I had that uh, little dog painting. Uh, no, my brother had it. Ooh, I, the, the, the dogs playing cards. I just saw that in the background. That was a common picture. So we know, we, we talked about it back when we did the last month. We did Friday the 13th. We talked how Wes Craven sort of helped out Sean Cunningham with like second, second, like, um, second unit shots and things like that. Mm-hmm. Sean returned the favor and he actually did several units because they had several units working at one time. Um, so he actually re- returned the favor to Wes and he actually filmed some of these, like these second unit shots that were going on. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the film time for this, for them record- to film it was 32 days. So he, he had many, a couple of other people going. <laughs> and again, that's, that shows you kind of like that, the, uh, the camaraderie that these guys had, you know, they all, yeah, they all, you know, you think about it, that they're making horror movies that would you think would be competitive with them, but no, they supported each other. And, and again, both the movies, you know, your independent movies, you know, coming out. Each one trying to help the other one out. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's how you, that's how you build a, build like a, a, you know, a basis for, you know, great competition is, you know, going, well, you know, let's, we're going to help each other out, get, get, Get going and then Yeah, get better, man. Like it's a competition thrives. Yeah, now, was it made in eighty four, released in eighty four? probably eighty three. It was like the filming okay. started. Because nowadays, you know, it's Well, like... again, it's digital nowadays. You gotta realize back then they were still <laughs> they were still using tape reels. Average movie takes they say between two months to seven. And it all depends. Well, the movie making part is it's what you really got to look at is like, look at the time it takes to get the special effects done. Yeah. Cause the effects is yeah. what it takes longer. So actually, no, this one was actually a pretty quick turnaround time. Yeah. 84, June 11th, 84 was principal photography began. Um, and it lasted 32 days. So and it was released it was on. Released. Uh, it was released November 1984 in the U.S. Wow, so, yeah, that is a pretty that quick. That is quick. But again, here you're doing you're doing you know um. What what's a I'm drawing a blank on that on the type of special effects practical special effects. Oh, practical, yeah, and makeup yeah. is done. Yeah, we were talking about X, you know, how X was a one point one point million dollar movie, like budget wise, and it made fifteen. This was a one point one million and it made fifty seven million. In fact, it made so much money there for a very long time. Um, New Line Cinema earned the nickname of the house that Freddie built. Because it was because of these movies that New Line was able to like oh. grow and become a, a powerhouse, you know, when it you know through the eighties and the nineties. 
Yeah, because at the time, I think they only uh, they only distributed films. This was your first kind of big series, and yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why it's just so shocking that they have that Miramax has kind of moved on from Freddy. I mean, it's it's well, not Miramax, no, yeah, New Line, why, but or New Line, I'm sorry. Yeah, now they they are parent their parent companies are Turner and uh, Time Warner. I think right now, no, I think right now their parent is Warner Brothers Discovery. So, but you got to realize that they had Nightmare, they had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, like during the '80s, that was their big thing. New, um the Lord of the Rings. And that's about when they merged over to Warner Brothers 2008. So they were sort of on, on board with them. Um, I think the last movie they did. I think the Shazam. That always gets me. Yeah, they were yeah, co- co-production. Nice. Yep, now she's got her home alone traps. <laughs> yeah, you got to look at with. I mean, it's not again. It's not a. They don't. They don't need to rely on Freddy because uh, they've got the Lord of the Rings series. So as far as uh, like their highest highest grossing movies were Lord of the Rings, Turn of the King, and then The Hobbit. We're getting some new Lord of the Rings for movies. I uh, I read. Which is great. I can't wait because I mean, there's so much that they missed. I, if they if they do it again when like and hit those other things that they miss, like, like we really didn't get a good Tom Bombadil, which was like a big like you look in the you look in the uh, the Lord of the Rings world in the in those chat rooms. Yeah, that was like something they're like, man, why did we not see him? Because he Tom was, Bombadil. Yeah, Tom Bombadil. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they trust me, and, and then you you got to realize that the Lord of, when they say Lord of the Rings. They don't just mean those three books. There are like eight other books that 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 are based in this world. So mm-hmm. that's why when they renounce it, I'm like, okay, like, that doesn't mean they're redoing, you know, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, you know, Return of the King. They could be doing, you know, expanding the universe. Yeah, because I read they wanted to have it take place after the uh, the original trilogy. So I'm just kind of curious where where they would go from there. Like again, dude, the books. You look at the look at the books. Because Tolkien just didn't write The Hobbit, and then and then those three. He wrote a bunch of books. I mean, he created this whole language. He's not just going to create a language for you know four books and go. Okay, I'm good now. Yeah, you got the Samarillion. You've got uh, Goddess. You get a chance to watch that Lord of the Rings series, or you haven't even seen it yet, have you? No, I've seen. Oh. I saw it. No, it's good. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I I, I, yeah, that's what I thought. It's okay. Again, that's another thing. You know, the, he didn't have a prequel like stuff written. He had like notes that that his son and and like his his estate had. So they basically just looked at what he wrote and they sort of had to fill in the the rest. Basically, they had to Jurassic Park it. All right. You know, you, they got the DNA. Oh, they, okay. they they got the DNA for for <laughs> nice. how do you fill in the missing DNA? And that's kind of the best way I can do best analogy I can put towards you. That's, that's a pretty good analogy. I give you props for that. Mad props. But like his son tried to finish some of his books. There are a few books that are that came out later that were like 
after Lord of the Rings where, you know, his son, he was writing, but then he kind of, you know, just didn't finish it or, you know, moved on to something else. But his son, Christopher, picked it up and continued on and, and, and you know, filled in the pieces. I love how he do that little fire tornado. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is really cool. Oh, damn. Burned a mom to death. Dude, that was just great. All right, time to get rid of that mattress. No, I don't. Oh yeah, you you said you sound well adjusted right there. Yeah, you got you got. I never trust anybody gets that calm that quickly. Yeah, that's that's frightening. Uh, that's I don't very. Think so. we're, we're gonna hang out, hang out a little bit longer. There's, I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> like no, I'm afraid of you. That is such a cool effect. There's gooey guy. Yeah, this is the, you know where you're gonna lose because well, she's shit talking now. You're nothing. Mm -hmm. Here's that that kind of that jump you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. way too positive for a person to quit and drink it
just That is. Yep, there we go. And that's it. Nightmare on Elm Street, part one. Left left with a with questions i mean it, yes. it, is it is it another dream did she like it's so many different different things that they left open and the fact that you really don't see her because the second movie is a uh, freddie's revenge so mm -hmm. you don't see her until number three you know when she comes back and uh because yeah, you don't know what happened yeah like, uh, and i like, i think her dad's in like I think he, he's like the next three or four, like he's, he's sort yeah. of like a, a repeating because he's, you know, again, the sheriff of the town. But yeah, so there we go. So yeah, we will be doing uh, number two in the series. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, if anybody is interested in checking out uh, the Dream Warriors, Jeff has already done that. And I think we will be doing, what's our third one? Oh, uh, because I, I know, I know we had to skip and I don't remember if we were going to jump straight to. I know we're doing Freddy versus Jason, but I don't think that's on. I didn't. I oh. wasn't sure if it was this month. Oh yeah, because we're doing. It is. is it okay? I think so. So we're yeah. So we'll be doing this one number two, and then like I said, if you guys want to go chronologically, you can step in and you know find the in the archives of uh, Jeff doing the. Uh, yeah, check it. It's it's, it's it was fun. Or Jason X, if you get froggy. Oh, Jason X. That, that 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 that's connected to our other last months. So. Well, you know, you might want to revisit it. So. But then, uh, but yeah, then we'll, we're going to end up doing a Babadook. The end of this month will be our final one for April. Well, the, I'll try the Babadook. I have. Yeah, that's. I've seen. Have I seen that one? I think that I one. I don't think I've seen the remake. I think we're. I can't remember if I grabbed the remake or if I grabbed the original one because there are two versions out there, and mm -hmm. um, and I, I've tried to grab the older versions because of just the look and the. Uh, and the quality of it is a little bit scarier. Like, you know, like you were saying, like when we were watching, you know, X the other day, that like it looks like it was in the 70s. Yep. So, uh, so let's start. oh, no, no, actually, yeah, we're doing uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 next week, and then a new Nightmare. We're actually going to visit the new Nightmare. Um, oh, it's okay. We're doing the West Craven one. So. Yeah, we're going to go to, yeah, we're going to do New Nightmare. I think um, Freddy versus Jason was on another month um that we were looking at so hmm. but yeah we'll figure it out all right guys well make sure you guys do check us out on facebook uh we got a bunch of folks that are on there and uh hopefully like you know jeff will start like posting stuff about like movies like when he watches the oscars and stuff on there i need to yeah instead I need of to his start. personal page i think would be awesome for us to as a movie uh you know facebook page to have uh, somebody you know i start posting i don't stop yeah so yeah no exactly just, just so, remember <laughs> you open pandora's box I know, that, that's what that's a pandora's box i want you to focus on okay <laughs> so all right guys make sure you guys do check us out and we will see you next time bye